Welcome to Startup in Estonia, a podcast where we discuss launching new businesses and the ecosystem needed to nurture great ideas. We talk to the founders of both new and established startups and the benefits they gain setting their businesses up in Estonia through the Startup Visa program. Help your fellow founders to learn more about setting businesses up in Estonia by sharing this podcast. Without further ado, it's time to dive into today's episodes. Here's your host, Joao Ray. Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Startup in Estonia podcast. Today we have two special guests uh, with us. We have Alan and Margus, who have some experience in uh, in VC and angel investment investments. And to start us off, I'd like to ask you to give us a little bit of background uh, about yourselves. Alan, why don't you go first? Sure. Uh, hi there. I'm a kind of serial entrepreneur who turned into VC and then turned back to become a manager and entrepreneur. So I've been running different companies and founding different companies for the last 28 years in Estonia, including a news agency and an online media company, IT services company, a venture firm. So I was running the business side of Starship Technologies, a robotics company, and now I'm the CEO of a company called Leapin, which is basically building what they call an operating system for freelancing, including all kinds of support from accounting to bank services and so on. Your uh, your investment background predates the Skype uh, Skype days of uh, of Estonia. Yes and no. I mean, Skype was actually born more or less in the same time when I when I started investing. So my investment firm started in '05. Skype was sold in '06. Uh, so uh, it kind of overlapped. And Margus on my left hand here. So he joined Ambient Sound Investments uh, a few years later. So right, basically managing uh, Skype money. So it's kind of same. Yeah, same generation of venture investing, I would say. And Margus, what about yourself? I'm partner at Karma Ventures, and Karma Ventures, as, as Alan said, is is related to Skype co-founders family office. We um, we launched the fund 2016, and it's 70 million euro fund, investing mostly in deep tech uh, companies uh, all over Europe. Key focuses on um, on on late seed and A rounds, where where companies have definitely product launched. And, and and some revenues in place as well. So um, doing doing investments is one hundred percent our our sole focus. Right, and uh, just to kind of put us on a, on a timeline. So we you know we've had Skype big successful exits that kickstarted a lot of uh, you know the startup ecosystem in Estonia. From there, you know your funds managing uh, you know that, that exit and others that came with it. Investing into early stage startups back then was very different than what it is now. You recently mentioned in an interview that uh, we are at the perfect storm for Estonian startups. Uh, do you do you want to comment on that? What, what do you yeah, mean? Sure, by it? it is total different from the, compared to let's say oh six oh eight when when I was mostly investing. So back then, most of the companies I could invest in uh, were kind of copycats, maybe of of some Western concepts like so early social networks and so on. Plus, maybe some like very deep technology companies and, uh, from Russia and, and so forth. So, in Estonia at that time, I could maybe find a few tens of, of investment opportunities, and, and most of them actually not investable. So, uh, today, uh, Marcus probably can talk m- more about that, but today, Estonia is really swimming in, in, in startups, and um, maybe the biggest number I've seen is about 700 of them who mm-hmm. can qualify as a startup to a certain extent. So uh, 
tens of companies are fundraising and um, many, many companies are super successful in, in fundraising and building the businesses. So today, Estonian tech has established itself as like well-established industry. And there was thousands of people, tens, if not even hundreds of companies. One of the biggest funding successes, in, uh, not only in Europe, but all over the world, when it comes to per capita and, uh, fundraising. So it, many, many things are happening at once. And um, I believe you know, we have kind of managed to build this industry into something which is sustainable. So it's not uh, revolving around one company like it was in Finland and with Nokia. So there are many, many companies in, uh, which are kind of equal in, in, in terms of level of development. Which is funny because I think Estonians are always talking about, or they were always talking about, you know, let's find the Estonian uh, uh, Nokia. And that was like a very kind of uh, deep... Yeah, I'm CF. very glad we didn't find it. <laughs> Marcus, from from your experience now investing into startups, uh, just to to continue on what uh, Alan was saying, so this this perfect storm. So there's there's availability of funding, uh, there's some technical knowledge uh, that maybe was was here before, but now it's it's stronger. And what's what's the third point? What what makes this a very good moment to to start a company in Estonia? I, I think maybe one thing that that has also changed over time. We have like serial entrepreneurs. Right. And so the, the graduates of previous uh, startups. Yes. Yes. There has been still a few few number of uh, exits, and uh, and um, that has produced uh, produced like experience that that was not there like you know five years ago, maybe maybe seven years ago, and um, and I think the maturity what we see in 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 the startup scene is much better compared to, for example, also in early ambient days, two thousand eight, two thousand ten, when when we looked uh, also a lot of local local startups so this this one is is, is very crucial actually to uh, kick off things faster quicker uh, more professional way so the beginning of the estonian mafia were all of the skype former people who had experience from there but now we already see people who are starting their own companies who have come from transferwise pipe drive they've seen how a product uh, how product management should be done they've seen how to scale and they're applying that to new to new ventures Let's talk a little bit about uh, about talent. Uh, what's what's the situation currently today for the startups that you're seeing? Uh, is is the pool of people you know that that are needed to to scale these startups enough? Do we need to do more work to get uh, to get people to come to Estonia? What are some of the obstacles for growth uh, in startups here? It's not yet Silicon Valley where everybody is getting poached like every day and you're getting like tons of proposals from recruiters in your mailbox on a daily basis. But it's uh, becoming dense. So uh, definitely, if, if, if you get like hundreds of millions of euros and coming to startup ecosystem each year, so obviously a large part of that money end, ends up in hiring people. And uh, most of the companies here still would like to hire at least technical talent uh, locally. So uh, my estimate is that this year alone, uh, we may need like 700 to 1,000 new people because of the funding that Estonian startups have received. Like 1,000 people each year is actually quite many people in, in a small country like Estonia. And many of those people are not available, so we need to bring them in. And um, uh, what I've seen is quite many people actually are quite keen to come uh, to Estonia in those days. It has been super easy to bring in technical talent uh, from the government interaction point of view like the residence permits and labor permits uh, they are probably one of the easiest countries to get so um, I'm, I'm optimistic but you, you need to work on, on getting talent it's still not as easy to get people to, to move to Estonia as it would be to, to move to Berlin or to uh... I'm not really sure anymore 
So what I've seen is like Estonia has got really a vibrant expat community and uh, more and more people are coming in. So they seem to be quite happy and more people are already here. So it's easier is it to any newcomer to blend in. So um, it's happening and um, I think it's one of the best outcomes of, of uh, the recent developments. Uh, Marcus, what, what's your perspective on that, the, the startups that you talk I, to? I, I think the trickiest part is still commercial talent and and where it should be located. So um, uh, overall, like experienced people who have sold globally to tier one names, uh, marketing talent, uh, branding talent and so on, it's um, it's still rare over here. And and of course, the other question is, should it be located here? Right. Uh, the companies who invest in uh, they tend to set up multiple locations. It's it's hard to get over the, from the fact that, that that you need to be somehow close to customer. There are of course like depending on your business model. Uh, if if it doesn't include any face to face sales or pure marketing only, then you could think about moving people to to Estonia. Um, but um, but overall, I, I think the high growth, the later stage will end up mostly having multiple locations and uh, and recruiting the talent where talent is. Um, so, so, so it's either they move to where the talent is or they move where the client is and then they you know they have the sales office where the client might be and they have the technical office where the talent might be. Exactly. And then they keep Estonia for some sort of nostalgic reason or... or Mostly... I mean, all, if, you, if the, Pipe Drive is already expanding globally and they have, you know, they have offices yeah. in Lisbon, technical offices. We see quite often like product development, customer support, you know, number of functions. It makes sense to keep them in Estonia. Um, and, 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 you know, in some cases commercial as well. Um, but, but, but still for high growth um, global expansion, it's, it's rare uh, that you can really keep everything over here. Right, and you, I don't think we're ever going to see, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think we're going to see a, a company of, you know, 4,000 developers, uh, you know, staying in Estonia just because there aren't there are 4,000 developers to work for a single company. So then they would, you know, those companies need to make the jump. My question related with the jump is that, so the jump out of Estonia, does that mean that Estonia will forever be a stepping stone into, uh, you know, higher grounds? Thinking from a, a future founder who might come from abroad and wants to come here to start his company, is Estonia just a stepping stone or is there room to actually stay here? I don't look at things this way. Uh, so uh, because the world is becoming more and more nomadic and uh, I can, uh, I've been part of many companies in, uh, in Estonia as an investor or as a manager in the, which have multiple locations. So for example, if you take Starship, you know, which has like 200 plus people and uh, it, we are in five or six countries and like 10, 10, 10 different cities. So it's kind of like people are traveling and we have Estonians working um, in, in the London office and, and um, Germans working in Tallinn and, and like the Finnish satellite office and so forth. So it's basically not black and white. And um, like if you join an Estonian company, and you, you can spend part of your life uh, here in Estonia, then you can maybe move to some other office um, and still be part of the same ecosystem. So most likely you'll be traveling a lot, and uh, that's probably a destiny of any Estonian tech startup. So you need to be ready to travel. So whether you're based in Estonia or if you're based somewhere else, you need to travel back and forth. And um, like basically getting people together in the same room uh, is still very important. And that's why, for example, if you take um, Starship with uh, like 200 people, so it might be quite natural of having like a, a few tons of people in other office on a daily basis. 
sometimes like a bunch of Estonians in America or like Americans in, in, in Tallinn and so forth. So it's not black and white anymore. It's you have one location and then you stay there and don't move. But maybe from the maybe from the from the funding point of view, is is Estonia limited somehow by the number of funding that we can attract to startups here? And then they need to do that step to move to, to London or Silicon Valley when they're ready for the bigger rounds? I think it comes down to probabilities in a way. So early stage funding, it's a completely different place than it was before. We have like four to five funds currently looking at the seed deals in, in Estonia. Um, now moving forward, a round um, to company that is based in Estonia, most probable, you know, uh, can be done by, by European investors. Uh, probably also by U.S. investors, uh, but but U.S. would be preferred. Now, B round, for example, you know, most people already would like to see the company more close by, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and and if there are any further funding, um, you know, plans, it it just probability moves higher and higher that you need to have at least the kind of legal entity. Uh, more close to investors and, and, and some key people. And that probably says more about Europe than it does about Estonia. Maybe it says most about investors. Investors, right. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Startup in Estonia podcast. We're going to get back to the show shortly. But before that, here's a quick message. The Estonian startup visa is meant for non-EU startup founders who wish to be part of one of the smallest but liveliest startup communities in Europe as a founder. Under the startup visa program, a startup is defined as a business with the goal to develop and launch an innovative and repeatable business model with great global growth potential, which also contributes significantly to the development of the business environment in Estonia. The program allows you to take advantage of one of the world's best business environments and a buzzing startup scene. To learn more about the program, please visit www.startupestonia.ee slash visa. And now, let's get back to the show. Looking at the, uh, you know, potential people coming here to, to start their businesses, you know, coming from abroad, a lot of interest from different countries uh, to start a company in Estonia. How, how do you guys, as, as investors, look at foreign founders who come to Estonia to start their company? Is there, like, is, is the availability of funding, is the, the thought process in your head uh, the same as when you consider some of the uh, local uh, founders? First of all, you know, if you look around in the Estonian tech landscape, you know, there are quite many companies that have founders from outside, like maybe not, not a single Estonian founder, and maybe sometimes a mix of Estonian and non-Estonian founders. So again, the world is global. So I'm like being an Estonian. So one thing that life will teach you when being an Estonian is that like there is not a such a thing like Estonian thing. Mm-hmm. Like everything is mixed, and um, Estonians are probably the most traveling and most like international uh, nation in Europe. Like uh, we just need to 
go out and like find foreign investors and foreign co-founders and partners and set up foreign offices and so forth. Like if, if you compare it to a German or French, maybe like I mean, the French guy probably thinks about himself as a French, French, and sitting in in, in Paris and like living his French life is possible, totally possible. So in Estonia, we had we don't have that, that luxury. So like in, uh, Estonian by definition is very international, and that's why I don't think we need to distinguish between foreign and Estonian founders. Like they can come here, Estonians will go out, and it's a big, um, integrated, very complex world. Marcus, you share the 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 sentiments. Yes. So term foreign founder, I first heard about it like maybe a few months ago. Before that, I I had no no idea what what it should mean. Because a founder or not a founder? Yeah, because good founder is like you know good everywhere. Great technology is great. Like the same parameters apply. And and again, we we invest all over Europe. We we don't have concept of uh, foreign founders. The best I can imagine about foreign founders would be some aliens from space. <laughs> they would be foreigners, but but everybody else would not look out of place in Estonia. I would say probably not for venture funding. So. But then, but, what what are some of the uh, so you know if if there's no distinction and I know that in Estonia there's a lot of uh, uh, you still look at the alumni of the the, the startups here uh, because they've been through the. You know they've been through the trenches. They've seen how to scale a product. So that's that's something you probably take into account. So what are some of the characteristics that you're looking for uh, when looking at a person? And say okay, this idea has potential, or this team has potential. Uh, what are some of the things that you look into when deciding to fund uh, at a very early stage? Of course, um, you know looking at the experience and product, you know competition advantages and and so on, competitive advantage and so on, but. But increasingly, we, we try to understand um, why, what is the vision of the founder and why they are doing it. Right. What is the key drive behind willing to make it happen? And, uh, and the, some of the stories are, are, are quite extraordinary, what actually drives founders. We look for this special spark, what, what drives them and what will make uh, things happen uh, for them. So... Um, But of course, you know all the rest, like um, good team and, uh, and and the founder quality, technical team for us as well. That the technology itself has competitive advantage, is is kind of standard to to look after. But but focusing and and trying to understand really the motivations behind the vision and uh, and why to do it. I, I think in that sense, you know, putting a bet on someone who is willing to relocate to Estonia to start his company is already a good indicator. Also, because the way that the startup visa works is that, you know, there's a, there's a committee uh, who is composed by startup uh, people who look at the idea as if it's a business plan and decide to kind of vet this person. Okay, this, this is a solid uh, business plan. And it's almost like as if Estonia is making a bet on this person by uh, letting him come here and, and start a company. Have you, have you ever come across an idea that was, uh, you know, that, that had come here because of the startup visa? Has it come across your portfolio or investment opportunities? Or not, it's too not, early? Not, not, not in my personal experience, but uh, I've seen uh, several other companies actually benefiting from, from that new model. And I believe, but it's very unique and very interesting. Like in Estonia is really becoming one of the leading countries when it comes to attracting tech talent and like making it easy to come to the country. So uh, and I believe that's only only way how to handle it. Like we really don't have a luxury of having like millions right. of people. So we only have 1.3 million, and yeah. and most of them are already employed somewhere. So and I think if, if you know 
relating back to the uh, to the to the interview that you gave about this being the perfect uh, storm and this new wave of entrepreneurs, new wave of startups that you know guys under 25 who've uh, you know very different mindset from from before. I think the key thing here is that those guys under 25 they don't need to be just Estonian, right? We can also track the guys under 25 coming from from abroad because I think that mindset is increasingly uh, global. The exactly. same mindset. I mean, like Marco said, you know, he hadn't heard the term foreign, foreign founder. founder. Mm-hmm. The same here. Like uh, the talent is talent, and like and most Estonian tech companies are building themselves up as international ones. Like working language is English. Right. Like if I'm writing to my co manager in Estonia, you know, like even if all of us are Estonians, we only have like three non-Estonian people in in uh, in my company right now out of fifty-three. So we use English in, uh, all over, and like even sometimes I've discovered sitting on a meeting with other Estonians and speaking English. So because just it's out of habit, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how we do it. So um, it's very very international mindset here, and we don't disti- really distinguish between like Estonians and non-Estonians anymore. What do you think? Just to to kind of close it off, what do you think is the main bottleneck uh, for Estonian startups at the moment? For you know, to get them to the sort of unicorn level or to get them to the next uh, the next big uh, big jump. So first of all, we've got quite many unicorns already for a country of sure. 1.3 million. So uh, like most U.S. states with one million population would be super happy to have such a number. So. Uh, From my perspective, I believe talent right now is number one. Like funding is not a problem anymore. And, uh, we are beating new records each year, and we have local funds like. Uh, Marcus is it going to be three hundred, three hundred fifty? I mean, this year it's already three hundred fifty, and most likely will end up closer to four hundred million this year. And like and on per capita basis, it's basically on roughly on the same level like with Israel, for example, mm-hmm. and beating UK and beating Sweden and, and so forth. So the talent. Um, and so there is one more thing we can't do anything about is you now a bad climate. Right, <laughs> that's going to take a bit more funding than uh, than the four hundred million. Marcus, what's what's your take on the on the bottlenecks for the the ecosystem? P- pretty much the same, and maybe focusing still more on the commercial talent. I've seen like you know several startups struggling on it. You know when to build it up because. Um, We are we are we are used to like maybe relatively lower cost um, and 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 salary levels are lower than UK Germany US and then suddenly you have to make decision to recruit somebody who is you know the salary cost is like 200 300k per year and you think what will happen to your runway and uh, and where the person will locate and 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 how do I build up the whole communication if if the person is like alone in in UK or US somewhere which is a very different thought process than when you're attracting exactly. tech talent which usually you attract from a lot of eastern european countries which is exactly. relatively easy to attract here because the salary levels are higher than yep. in those countries so that wave of attracting the tech talent that's done that's that's yep. sort of easy the commercial talent might be the, the the issue and and it's it's not that it's kind of tougher or harder it's it's a kind of new thing to think about for for most founders who who get to that point and and there are certain mental traps people people can can fall into so so this this is maybe maybe the key really compared to funding and technical talent and and location and so on weather is by the way i think great yeah in the summer yeah summer was great <laughs> no it's- No, the weather, I've come around on the weather. I think the weather now is actually one of the reasons why I like to be here because the weather keeps me focused, you know. (laughs) 
if the weather was always sunny and nice, I would be at the beach or by the pool. So you kind of need this, uh, you know, winter is coming mindset to to be a little bit productive. But going back to to costs and and like in the salary levels and so on, of course, quali- quality of life and the cost of living in, in Estonia is quite different and quite easy. Like 100k in Estonia roughly equals to let's say 200,000 in in maybe Berlin and 300 and 350 in in London or, or in the Bay Area. So it's um, roughly like the same ballpark and what's the same like. If you have 100k here in Estonia, let's say 350 in the Bay Area, you, you get significantly better quality of life here in Estonia. Like in the, you're in the middle of nature, it's a relatively small town, easy to commute, uh, super good restaurants. Yeah, that, that's something I think even, even for the people who relocate here, this, they sometimes forget that you know the cost of living is going to be different. So you know what you're making and what you're keeping at the end of the month might be significantly different than if you're living in a very high cost exactly. uh, city like London exactly. or, uh, or New York. And I mean, if you have family in London, so you need to commute like one or two hours per day on a train from suburbs and so I on. I think even sometimes the Estonians forget about that, like how good it is that you can just, you know, walk or take a take a car for 15 minutes and you're you're at work or you can, your kindergarten is just next to your work. Yeah. So yeah, these things are, are definitely a factor. Uh, maybe this is also something that we can inform uh, people when they decide to move here that, you know, it's not just how much you're going to make, it's how much you're going to keep at the end of the month and what your quality of life might be compared to where you are now. Exactly. Any last thoughts before we close off the episode? Yeah, just, I mean, anybody listening to this podcast from outside Estonia and like um, willing to join the Estonian company, take a look on our website, uh, leapin.eu, and we have career section. So we accept you're, you're uh, we accept uh, applications we and you also we, do a lot of work for the uh, e-residents who want to start their company uh, exactly by using the e-residency program and support them with all the the accounting and and, and legal services exactly exactly about maybe 50 percent of the companies launched by e-residents have been handled by leaping so we are number one company in that field very good margus any last thoughts from yourself yes and we again we are happy to take a look at all founders we don't understand the concept of foreign founders, <laughs> just great founders, first-time founders, you know, experienced founders. Um, very happy to to see if there is a way to uh, uh, to support them, and um, and as from our perspective, also to to invest when the time and the team is right. This episode is probably going to go live during the TechStar Startup Week uh, in Tallinn, in Estonia. There's a lot of events uh, going on, a lot of activity for startups. I think it's also a good opportunity for all those, all of those who want to visit and see what the ecosystem looks like to take part in those events. But I thank you very much for your time. And that's it for the episode today. Tune in in a couple of weeks when we have the final episode of the Startup in Estonia podcast.